Do you lie awake and ponder ponds of microscopic life? Expose yourself to exoplanets high up in the night? Are you crazed for kinematics? Do you fantasize of fauna? Everybody's got a question, luckily we're gonna Unpack the stack of facts that you think back to every day Attack your ignorance, you'll be unmatched in every way Sit down and lend an ear, all the answers will be clear I'm running out of rhymes, I'll let the host take it from here Okay, Ellie. Uh, this is this is all of our questions are obviously very random, but this specifically will come right out of nowhere. Is there anything in the world you think you could wait thirteen years between getting? Another like you Avatar do, you do movie? it once, and you have to wait thirteen years. Another Avatar movie. <laughs> the one coming out in twenty twenty two. Yes. <laughs> Exactly 13 years apart. I'm so glad I researched that joke before I made it. Um, Let them know we researched the joke beforehand. (laughs) Yes, no. I I made it organically and then realized that I was also right, which is even better because now it's two jokes. Yeah, it's 13 years is a long time to wait for anything. As you pointed out, uh, the entire series Game of Thrones existed like what went into production and wrapped up between the time it took James Cameron to make a sequel to an Avatar movie which it almost makes you wonder is there anybody clamoring for this is there anybody excited and like actually going to be talking about something between such a a long period of time which I guess is kind of the only segue we have into today's topic yeah which is something that the world always has to wait either 13 or 17 years for and that's a round of cicadas earlier this summer when we were talking about cicadas for for a week this is that podcast that we're back the cicadas are back they're not they're not coming back till next summer but we're going to talk about them now when we're the furthest away from new cicadas kind of that we could possibly be so why was every why why were like there's a lot of news stories at the very beginnings of the year about cicadas uh and i get how come this is the jumping off point how come this is now it's relevant now in the same way that everyone's going to have to re-examine james cameron james cameron's magnum opus avatar in a year or two yeah so in 17 years we're going to have to talk about cicadas again and that's because that will be the next emergency year for what's called the brood X cicadas or brood 10. And which is, I think also the name of a Marvel character, but I think that's the X-Men. <laughs> the, the brood was the name of the aliens in the, the Avengers movies. Really? Yes. Oh, they have, they, they're an actual species. They're an actual race. They existed before the, the, the movies had them, but yeah, those are called the brood. And I am like, 90% certain in an X-Men comics, there was like a brood X or a brood 10 or something. So, well, maybe those were the Avengers cicadas. Maybe. <laughs> They're bigger. The ones that protected us from, from the brood cicadas. Yeah. Yeah. So the 2021 was the emergence year for brood 10, which is the largest group of cicadas that we have. Um, but they which, are just. What, a... what does that mean? The, the largest group of cicadas. Yeah. So how to the emergence of a cicada 
You know how sometimes the trees just scream? <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, I'm guessing until our listeners quickly just Google or go to YouTube. If you don't know what a cicada sounds like, because you don't live in certain parts of the, the world, just quickly listen to what a cicada and sounds like. And you'll understand why it, at, at certain times of year, it does sort of sound like the pine trees are just sort of screaming at you. Yeah, so you can understand why having extras of those <laughs> would maybe not be like the best thing ever. Um, why, why having such a large, large brood is kind of an issue, even if they only appear once every 20 years or so. Yeah, so cicadas are known for their screams, but they're also known for a very specific emergence pattern, which is that they all emerge at the same time after a really specific hibernation period. So either 13 or 17 years. And this is on like a rotating cycle. Yeah, so there are 17 17 cycles worth of cicadas. There are cicadas every year, but they're kind of in different spots. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there is some overlap, um, but some of the, they're called broods of cicadas, which is the group of insects coming out of the ground to scream. Yeah. The, the closest metaphor I feel like I can come up with is if you had an alarm on your phone set only yeah. instead of like, and you're one of the, those weird people who I do not understand who, instead of just having one alarm, you need like multiple alarms once every 15 minutes only instead of 15 minutes it's different cicada broods coming out once a year so even if they're technically the same species you have different groups of cicadas emerging once a year and uh what what we're calling brood x was just the largest group of these cicadas emerging right exactly yeah and so they emerge they they actually they literally have an alarm clock which is when the soil reaches a particular temperature. So when the that's, soil reaches a temperature, that's when they go. Such a weird alarm clock. Although I guess, you know, it's probably better than just the annoying chimes and screams that humans have created. So well, cicadas don't, don't have, have like phones. There's also that, Ellie. Thank you. I just, you know, they don't. So, you know, they, they go with the soil wrong. temperature because they haven't invented phones yet they can't like text each other and say like hey it's time to come out of the soil now so god help us when cicadas develop phone technology and we will have to deal with an actual literal alarm going off as they're waking themselves up honestly that'd be really funny if you heard like that uh, the iphone alarm because no one ever changes the default off the iphone alarm and then all of a sudden these insects just come out of the ground (laughs) you just hear like a chorus of them all hit at once at the exact same time and then just I think that sometime between April and June, you hear the alarm and you're just like, everyone get inside. That would work great. I, I think it'd be a good system. This. Uh, I mean, it, it would, it would happen. Um, it would, you know, we get used to it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you are aware this would be a horrifying event every single year, right? I, yes. I, I know you like bugs, Ellie. I, I still want <laughs> no, you to I don't. Play the... <laughs> okay. I know you like bugs more than me. Still want to hear you say the words, this would be scary as hell. Oh, it'd be scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. We're, we're in. That's, that's all I need. Okay. Okay. So I would, I heard about the, 
the fact that they just emerge every 13 years. And I was like, that's a weird number. Like why 13 mm. years? Why 17 years? What is that? Like, why? Is there a specific um, Sure. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a couple of different ideas that have to do with this. So um, the original thought was that there was like, it was like a predator avoidance technique. Okay. Sure. So there's a couple of things with that. Uh, the original, the, like the first idea was that there's just, if they all come out at the same time, then there's so many of them that the predators can't eat them. So they all have to come out at the same time. They're just like, everybody run. Some of us will make it. Some real then, Russian warfare t- style tactics. Just go. There's enough numbers. Yeah. And that's why they need the alarm clocks. They all go at once. Like everybody runs. Uh like red light, green light, you know, and a little less intense than that, I would hope. No, that's about right. Cause it's, you know, they're getting picked off. Like it, it's, it's the same. Um, and <laughs> uh, for those listening in the future, we're, we're currently in the midst of squid game mania and yeah, yeah we, we we'll save that for off air, but more, I, I will never look at red light, green light the same way again. That that's for damn sure. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined that game. Um, like, but this, so what I, they're... Even as I was like, I know what's happening. It was still shocking. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it's going to so only go the... in one direction. Oh no, it went exactly where I thought it was. <laughs> uh, so the other theory behind cicadas is rather than the, the red light, green light theory, as I'm going to call it, is that 13 and 17 are both prime numbers which is weird. Uh-huh. It, and so the vast majority of like predator insect species are going to have shorter cycles. So like maybe two or four years. Right. So that means and that most like- Most insects just don't live that long. So for, for cicadas to hibernate for such a, a crazy length is, yeah. is also part of their mystery to you, right? Well, and so that a lot of insects do the same thing where they have periods where they swell and then they go mm-hmm. away. Like, like and- so the idea is with a prime number, that means that like the, the biggest emergences and when they come out, isn't always going to line up with the cicada emergence years. So it's, a, it. it's impossible for them to always line up because it's such a weird number. Interesting. So that's, that's like the, the other theory. It is, is just sort of like this naturally occurring, like for whatever reason, they are in tuned with these sort of prime numbers and yeah. It, it keeps the cycle going and we, we can't really question it. Yeah. So we have these, these broods and that they're each year, whatever that group is, they go every 13 or every 17 mm-hmm. years. And what's interesting to me is that, okay, this is a genetics thing, but there's not an established genetics difference between the 13 and the 17 year broods. Like they're not genetically distinct, which is so interesting to me. Hmm. Right. Um, cause it feels like they should be, but they are the same species. They're just on a different clock and I'm not right. sure for, why. For whatever reason, some of them line up with 13, some line up with 17 and we just, we don't know why. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like an environmental thing or, so this is like a, this is a genetics question for somebody. If someone can find me a paper on this, or if someone can write me a paper on the, if there's a genetic difference between the 13 and like why is there a 13 year? Why is there a 17 year? Like, what's the difference? This and then a, I'm also curious. Cicada heads. 
Yeah. I'm also curious about the genetic differences between like different cicada years because they're they're never going to reproduce with each other, right? So like the the brood 10 is never going to reproduce with brood 11. So like sure. are there genetic there differences? Are, are they cycles. distinct populations? Like it's this is not a question I have an answer to and I would really like an I, answer to it. You know how I can tell it's a question you don't have an answer to because you just keep going and going and you're, <laughs> you're like clearly intoxicated by the idea of not having the answer yet. You can hear me spinning around the topic, yeah, brainstorming. Bit. Yeah. It's just, Which this is, is what just could it what... be? And it's, sometimes the answer is we just don't know. I don't know. It's going to drive me crazy. I have like five different theories. I don't know if any of them are right. But here we are. And I spent way too much time thinking about cicada broods. Um, so what is, do, do we know the reason why, like, I mean, obviously like population cycles come and grow. It's, it's easy to maybe under, assume that there was just a large portion of cicadas that like fell into that like 13 year cycle. And so now that's why brood X is the biggest, but like, is there any rhyme or reason to why certain years are, are bigger? Like, do, have, have we figured that out? I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, 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 geographic so the 2021 year the reason it's the biggest is that it has the biggest geographic spread and part of the reason so there are 17 broods on the 17 year cycle and 13 broods in the 13 year cycle so there are 30 cicada broods in their you know where the cicadas live in the united states yes in the in the u.s there are 30 um but some of them are extinct or endangered so some of them are gone but there used to be 30. So we just, we kind of work with the assumption that it's 30 because we can't prove how many are actually extinct now. We, well, we know how many are extinct because oh, okay. you can count them. You're like, yeah, oh, right, this one doesn't enough. have any cicadas. <laughs> um, yeah, <there> you go. <laughs> but it used to be over here. Um, so it, it's, cicadas are, are cool, but there's still a lot about them that are a little bit mysterious think that that's that is neat um okay uh so i feel like every year especially living kind of early you know you maybe not so much but at least we, we used to live out a in a more agriculturally friendly part of the world is is our cicada something that like people need to be worried about like our, our farmers or like it, it, is there any reason to be concerned like it's nice that they disappear for long periods of time, but like if they are to emerge in large numbers, like is there any reason to, for, for us to worry? Um, I don't think on a why, they're not like a, I don't think that they're invasive anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if they are, if they're, their agricultural impacts would be an, in line with like what they're, they, they've lived in that ecosystem for so right. long um so they're not migrating enough to be invasive yeah they're not flying to the other side of the united states to eat california grapes like that's not what's happening here um agriculture factors in cicada damage it's 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 more like there there are a lot of things that can be damaged that 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 can cause agricultural damage Mm -hmm. um and the the ones that are natural in our ecosystem that we're able to plan, not only cicadas also have predators, right? So they're adapting for these predators that do exist 
in the ecosystem. So they're a part of that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we have anything to fear from the cicadas. Right. I also, so they're, they're not really they're not a disruption there. to, to any ecosystem when they emerge, even in such large numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far, as far as I'm aware. Um, and then of, of course, we have to address the elephant in the room, which is that the soil's getting warmer. So what does that mean for cicadas? Right. If, if that's sort of their alarm clock, what happens when that, that alarm is going off at, at different times than what they're used to? Yeah. So there are actually a lot of animals that have a temperature clock uh, for reproduction. Uh, everything from fish to different mammals will have uh, emergence times and insects measure their time in something called degree days, which they're measuring the amount of heat. And that's like, you can track their growth through the degrees, which is super interesting. Mm. Um, it's a forensic entomology technique. Um, just throw out there for the, uh, bugs. You gotta get bodies. that cred. Get your, um, get your forensic cred. Yep. And so as the temperature is getting warmer, um, it's creating a mismatch between the time of year and when that temperature happens. So between April and June, there are, you know, plants emerging. It's not winter anymore. You know, right. there's, there's green stuff for the, the cicadas. Things to are eat. sprouting out. You're, you're getting more color in the world. Yes. So, but if the, if that, if the soil is getting warmer, that means that the soil might reach the temperature where the cicadas emerge earlier, mm -hmm. um, which should create a mismatch between the environment that the cicadas are expecting that they need to live right. their lives and the temperature when they emerge. So they might right. come out too early before anything has grown and don't have anything to eat. So um, does that, I would say, so if they, if they don't have anything to eat, is that messes with their population? It, mm -hmm. does, does that leave any sort of like long-term impact we need to be worried about? Well, so Other if there's if the natural, like, oh no, we probably shouldn't be having animals die. Yeah, I I don't know specifically what a lack of cicadas would do to the ecosystem. I don't have a great handle on that. I don't know. Um, I didn't look into enough about species dynamics with cicadas. I know That's that it fair. would have it would have an issue. So if there's less cicadas, that means that there's less cicadas for their predators to eat. Um, mm. So there's that issue which, which, and they, say, the long-term effect is then the, they can't, they're starving, then that impacts whatever is eating them. Yeah. So on and, and so then, forth. Yeah. Cycle. Yeah. And then whatever the, what the cicadas are eating, they're not, that's not getting eaten anymore. So now there's might be too much of that. So you have that, this kind of, this almost like zigzagging effect when sure. uh, some things are moved from the food chain. That um, makes sense. So that will, that will happen. So um, and that, that's the case for anything that starts to go endangered or extinct and its effect on the ecosystem reverberates out from there. Great. So that's uh, my cicada pitch for this. I was going to say that I think you, you got a lot of interesting information out there about something that, you know, people don't always pay attention to, but it's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we should, especially when you have yeah. these large groups emerging. I also just think it's good for like the global community to know that trees in the U.S. screen. Like, I think that that's just like a nice thing for people to know. Like, if you didn't grow up with screaming trees, like, it's, it's good to know that that's a thing. Like, yeah, like, yeah, just we, so you know. 
I guess sometimes trees just scream for like a couple months around the year in the U.S. and we all just sort of nod and go like, yep. Oh, yeah, it's summer. Hmm. So, you all know, right. well, you... I guess we're, we're, we're wrapping things up. That, that brings us to the, the thing we're all waiting on. Ellie, do you have our, our big Bezos connection? Yeah, so by Googling Jeff Bezos and cicadas, I found this masterful tweet that connects cicadas and Jeff Bezos together in one scenario. All right, let's hear it. The cicadas hid for 17 years and they emerged to find that humans still rule the world. Another 17 years, they will emerge and say, hey, where did all the humans go? On the ruined landscape, they will see a blowing copy of the 2024 New York Times owned by Jeff Bezos with headline, Trump reelected. Uh, well, well, Google, you haven't missed so far. That's uh, that is all I have. Prediction. <laughs> I, I hope our listeners know what I'm talking about, but I'm I'm picturing that meme where it's all the kids playing dodgeball, but the caption is random Twitter user trying to make a joke, and the ball reads Apollo's gift of prophecy, and so. <laughs> Really hope I'm, I'm just hoping Apollo misses on this one, you know? Yeah. We, uh... so, yeah. So thanks at Easterbrook G for <laughs> giving me my Bezos connection. That, that um, depressing eventuality, unfortunately. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's really sad, but uh, hey. I appreciate you bringing cicadas and Jeff Bezos together for me. You didn't need to remind me of what we all know is going to happen there. Um, I'm sorry. What is it? Easterbrook G. That's yeah. too real. It was it was pretty real. But I also was like, wow, that's a heck of a prediction. You, you can't miss when, when you go that specific. So you heard it here first, folks. Um, Jeff Bezos will, will both own the New York Times eventually. Give him probably yeah. a year. And we, we will be reelecting Donald J. Trump. So well, don't even what, say what, what a happy, uplifting note to be ending the podcast Jesus on. Thank why? you. <laughs> Life is good. And with that, it has been an everyday dissection. I'm Ellie Baisa. And I'm Nick Lemmer. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> an everyday dissection is hosted by Nick Lemmer on Twitter at Lemmer underscore Nick and Ellie Weissa on Twitter at Alil Ellie. You can find the podcast on Twitter at eDissect and on our website, anchor.fm slash an everyday dissection. Our theme music was written by Evan Zobel and our art was created by Madeline Henriksen, who you can find on Instagram at art that is no bueno. Like our podcast? Please leave a review and don't forget to like and subscribe. This episode's totally real science fun fact. Unlike cicadas, humans should scream every 13 days for optimal health results.